episode of the New Craft House podcast is sponsored by Faf. We use Faf sewing machines in all of our sewing and in all of our workshops, and they really are the best of the best. With everything from beginner machines like the Smarter Range to the Ambition machines that we use in classes to the top of the range creative icon, Faf have something for every sewist. We're joined on today's episode by Fiona Parker. Fiona was early on the sewing blogging scene and started her blog Diary of a Chain Stitcher back in 2012. It quickly grew to be a favourite amongst sewists thanks to its in-depth posts and wealth of information about indie pattern companies. While Fiona sews and blogs purely for her own enjoyment, she works full-time as a costume supervisor, a dream job for someone who loves fabric. She also gets a sneak peek behind the scenes of the Great British Sewing Bee as the fabric and haberdashery saucer. We're really excited to be joined by Fiona today. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you, Fiona? Tell us where you are. Um, I'm in Dorking, which is south of London, in the beautiful Surrey Hills. And are you working at the the moment or are you furloughed? I am neither of those things. I'm not working and I'm not furloughed because I'm Um, self-employed. Yeah, I'm freelance and I work mainly in theatre. So there is no work for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. But hopefully things will pick up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an estimate, like return to work date, or when start stuff will start Not being planned really. again? The um, it's so up in the air with the theatres at the moment. The um, sewing bee will hopefully happen at some point. Um, but yeah, theatre wise, all the work I had booked in for this year was cancelled, and one of the shows was pushed back till the end of next year. So. We'll see what happens. So how have you been spending the last few months? (laughs) Well, (laughs) if not working. In in a way, it's been quite nice, apart from a bit emotionally (laughs) stressful, I guess. Um, And my mum's a nurse and she's been on COVID ward, so that's been a bit stressful. Uh, Mm. But apart from that, it's been quite nice being at home, sort of spending time looking after myself, doing some sewing. And I sewed loads of scrubs to begin with. Oh, nice. Um, and then, yeah, just spending time, lots of long dog walks, lots of yoga, that sort of thing. It's been, yeah. What have you been sewing other than scrubs? Uh, what have I been sewing? It's been quite nice, actually. I've, like, really slowed my sewing down. I think normally I work so much that I don't get that much time to sew. So when I do sew, I'm like, quick, do a project, mm. like, really bash for it, and then... Now I'm like, oh, I've got a bit of time. I can really think about, like, what I'm doing with this pattern, um, adding little details and stuff like that. Um, so I started I started some Dawn jeans this morning because I love nice. that pattern. Uh, and then I did a refashion from a tablecloth to a top. Oh, my God, I oh, loved I it so much. That, which it's was so oh, nice. I'm so pleased with it. It was my first ever refashion. And when Portia asked me to do it, I was like... Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to manage to do this. Um, but I really enjoyed it because I had some time to think about it. And yeah, it was yeah. good. The we embroidery were... on it was like perfect yes, so for that was... garment. Yeah, it worked, didn't it? And you it? managed to match it up so perfectly. I was like, I, yeah. if I tried that, it would never turn out that neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent a long time on it. <laughs> I felt really awful cutting into someone's embroidery, though. <laughs> yeah. We were going to do the refashioners and that was my idea because I've got so many like napkins and tablecloths that have been embroidered by my yeah. nan and stuff. Um, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because I wouldn't have made it look as good as yours. Oh, and now shush. I can use yours as inspiration. So. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, go. we'll put it in the notes actually, um, the mm. link to the blog post because it's really, really cute. Yeah. Did it take long? So it took ages to match it up. Yeah, I spent quite a long time laying out the pattern pieces and kind of figuring out what would go where. Um, and the tablecloth wasn't that big either, so I didn't have that many choices, really, I don't think. No. I was mm. going to use more plain white linen in it, but then I thought, no, I'll just squeeze as much of the embroidery onto the top as I can. <laughs> How much was the tablecloth? Because I had well, a look through, but I couldn't... I don't like think I could see the... seven quid or something like that? No. It's amazing. What? That's great. Okay, I'm going to go have a look after this. eBay is fantastic for everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So that's like hours and it's probably about 30 hours of embroidery someone's done on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's people used to do it all the time. Perfect. Yeah, it looks really modern as well. Yeah, I haven't got the patience to be like that accurate with it. No. So, shall we start by um, telling, hearing a little bit about how you got into sewing? Sure. Um, so I've had a sewing machine for a really, really long time because I did theatre design at uni and there was no costume construction involved in the course. But when I first left uni, I did a lot of like fringe theatre, small stuff where you kind of have to do a lot of it yourself. So you buy clothes from charity shops and mishmash things together. So I had no idea what I was doing. Um but I just got on the sewing machine and did it. And I remember my my best mate and I did this um, kids show one Christmas of the Grinch. And we had to make two Grinch costumes. And I like, now I'd be like, I can't do that. That's crazy. But then I just did it. And I remember we used this like really long haired green fake fur. And I kept finding it everywhere for about two years afterwards. <laughs> we did it in my tiny little bedroom that I had then. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I did that kind of sewing, but I didn't properly get into garment sewing and sewing for myself and actually learning how to do it properly. Um, probably about 10 years ago, I reckon. Maybe a bit less than that. I was probably like 23, 24. And I'd been working in theatre a couple of years then. And I think seeing all the costumes all the time made me really inspired like seeing what costume makers could do and learning how clothes were put together really made me want to do it and my nan gave me a load of her old vintage patterns and the first thing I made was this skirt and I had this piece of wool at home I don't know how I'd got it but it was really thick and it was totally wrong for this skirt (laughs) but I just sort of went for it and it was awful but yeah I kind of I just fell in love and then I started using, I started using sewaholic patterns. They were kind of the first patterns that I used. And I made the Lonsdale dress, I remember. And they were such great patterns for sort of teaching you how to sew as you went through the instructions. Like a lot of indie patterns are nowadays, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I just fell in love with it. Obsessed. <laughs> Is that when you started the blog? Was it quite early? Yeah, it was quite early I started the blog. I think I I think that Lonsdale dress was probably one of the first things on my blog. Uh, but I've been playing around with things a bit before. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was seeing other people's blogs. I remember discovering Tilly's blog was one of the first ones that mm-hmm. I found. Um, and it, it's so inspiring to see other people making clothes and seeing what you can do and I was like oh maybe I could do that and reading their stories about how they learned so it was really great and I loved the idea of kind of having a record of what I'd made which is why I started my blog mm-hmm. and to start talking to other sewers about what what you could do really did Fiona you used to do the roundup of like the re- releases oh, yeah. every month didn't you because that was how I discovered you I remember I found one 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 month that like in the when I was in a big blog hole and this must have been like eight years ago or something seven years ago and I and then the next month I was like where did I see that amazing list and I was like hunting and hunting and hunting for it and then that was when I started reading your blog oh. and you were kind of in the group of like Rachel Pinheiro and uh, the OGs. what Katie sews <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that roundup used to be so good. I used to like wait for it and then like you'd see everything that'd come out. Oh, and now it's kind of like nice. the fold lines so reporter is like sort of the same yeah. thing as well. I think them to it now. It just got so big. I couldn't keep yeah. up with everything. <laughs> There's so many pattern companies, which is an, a brilliant thing. A brilliant thing. But trying to manage that every month when some months I was so busy at work, it just got too much in the end I had to stop but I really enjoyed doing it I think some people hated those posts though because they were just like 
my bank balance is horrendous because <laughs> I keep finding all these patterns on your blog. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't working in like what were you doing for work at that time? <laughs> Rephrase. Um, I was working in theatre. Yeah. So the first couple of years after I left uni, I did a lot of small fringe theatre productions, which I was designing and sourcing the costumes for and everything. Um, But I decided quite quickly, and I sort of decided in my last year of uni, really, that I wanted, instead of designing, I wanted to be a costume supervisor, um, which is what I do now. Um, But you sort of have to work up the ranks, build up your experience, do a lot of assisting. Um, Yeah, so I was seeing all the costumes so what is a costume supervisor what is your day-to-day I have no idea (laughs) yeah it's a really tricky question to answer um I really struggle to describe it because it involves so many different things um and it changes from show to show so I'm freelance and I go from kind of one theatre production to another and the costume supervisor starts on the job basically after it's designed sort of towards the start of rehearsal period a bit before that and then goes right through until there's press night so once the show's open I leave it and go on to another show so it's all to do with setting up the production and the designer will design the show and then you'll work with them to make it a reality so it's basically all the organization side of things um so they'll show you the designs And then, depending on the style of show, so if it's like a period show, you might make a load of the costumes, but you also might hire them from hire companies. So then I'll go to the hire companies, rummage through the rails, measure things up to see what might work on who. Um, But if it's all made, I'll go fabric shopping, do loads of sampling, take it all back to the designer, we'll talk through what might work for who. Um, which is probably my favourite part of the job. Yeah, sounds like the dream. <laughs> yeah, I just love working. I just love working with fabric. Um, it's really exciting. And when you find something in a shop and you're like, "That looks just like their design," I'm so excited. It's the perfect thing. Um, yeah, it's really great. Uh, and then I'll buy all the haberdashery, all the accessories like underwear, jewellery, shoes. Um, shoes are my least favourite thing. People as they're awkward about their feet. <laughs> uh, even though I actually love shoes, I hate buying them for the people. <laughs> um, and what else do I do? I then organise the fittings and run the fittings. So it might be organising makers to come in with the costumes. Oh, yeah, I'll, to begin with, I'll employ all the makers, milliners, dyers, everything that's needed. If you work in one of the big theatres, uh, like the National or the Opera House, they will have in-house teams and they've got like the most amazing, talented people <laughs> working there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're working on a West End production, there's no kind of in-house. You have to employ freelance people to do everything. And then you have to send all the supplies out to them. They'll come to you for fittings. Um, so, yeah, I do all of that do the budget (laughs) loads of receipts and numbers and budgeting involved um and then it's basically organizing everything so that eventually at the first day of tech rehearsals which is when you're first on stage in costume everything has to be there and ready to go Uh, so the last couple of weeks leading up to that are always really really busy and then during tech and dress rehearsals and previews You'll sort of be with the designer, looking at things on stage, seeing if anything needs changing. There'll be alterations that need doing. You might want to put some more trimming on something or sometimes something needs redoing completely. Um, uh, Yeah, so it's a real, it's different every day, which is why I love it, really. Have there ever been any, like, disasters? I guess you leave when the show starts, but does anyone, like, rip a whole dress off oh, mid-show? Al- always. That's, that's like, a regular occurrence. <laughs> it's quite oh interesting how things are made for costume compared to how you'd make something at home. Like, the uh, costumiers will use, like, really big seam allowances. 
so that there's room for adjusting things um, and things might be made in a slightly different order so that they than what you would at home to make it easier to adjust so you might like leave the side seams till the very last minute so that then you can mm. get in there really easily and adjust them. Mm. So do they keep them all the costumes at the end of a show? Depends on the show. Um, places like the National Theatre have got a massive store, which you can actually then hire from. You can hire the old costumes from. Uh, but if it's a big West End musical that's been kind of running for ages, the costumes are probably <laughs> not going to be in a great state yeah. by the end of it once they've been you know, sweated into and danced in every night. Um, but yeah, there'll be, there'll be shows where people rip, rip the crotch of their trousers all the time from dancing around in them and all sorts of weird things happen. <laughs> is that like a similar, like you do it for theatre, but is it like the same if you were going to do it for like Kylie on a tour? <laughs> Is it the same? Yeah, kind of it's it's basically the same thing. So you can do events. Uh, events is probably reasonably similar to theatre. I mean, the rehearsal process is probably a little different. I've only ever done one event. I did the twenty twelve Olympics, um, assisting. Obviously, I wasn't <laughs> supervising the whole thing of that, um, which was amazing and a hundreds and thousands of costumes it's crazy but it was um so when when you're sourcing fabrics for that it's you're sourcing you know 200 meters of a particular fabric instead of fabric for one pair of trousers and yeah it's a different world where do you normally go to source your fabric where are your favorites oh all over (laughs) it depends what i'm sourcing really i mean i spend quite a lot of time on gold hawk road um because you can find What's your some favourite real... Goldhawk Road shop? You can find some real treasure there, can't you? My favourite Goldhawk yes. Road shop, did you say? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I really like... I like classic textiles. Mm. And then... Is it UK the textiles? Which is quite big and you go down the stairs at the back. Oh, on yeah. On both sides. I really like UK textiles as well. And gold brick. And my San. Oh, and they're all kind of yeah, like, those two are of, like, all the, of them. The higher end ones. Yeah. It depends yeah. what you're after, I think. So yeah, there's Gold Hot Road. I do spend quite a lot of time on Berwick Street. I mean, you're obviously not going to buy the whole show on Berwick Street because it's really expensive. <laughs> um, but you can find some real gems. Borovics on Berwick Street is amazing. They have helped me out many a time. I don't know it. I don't know if I've been in there. No. Oh, they're no, great in there. Either. They're really great. But then there's others, like, on a fabric shopping day, I can get all over London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so look at my, if you look at my oyster thing, sometimes it's like, you've been literally everywhere in a day, really made the most of that <laughs> day's travel guard you've got there. So there's so many good fabric shops. I really love a um, cloth shop in on Portobello Road, mm. all those linens and, oh, so lovely in there. And then Crescent Trading in Shoreditch is great for all, like, wool tailoring. It's lovely. <laughs> What's the, the favourite, your favourite show that you've worked on? Oh, that's a really tough In question. terms of costume. There's so many. Um, I did, I was associate supervisor on The King and I. When was that? Wow. Was that last? No, that wasn't last year, the year before last. Um and that was amazing. It was, I think it was about 250 costumes, but they were just so beautiful, all those brightly coloured silks and mm. things like that. That was that was really fun. Um, oh, I like loads of them for so many different reasons. Sometimes, like, a little two-hand uh, um, contemporary show is really enjoyable just for the experience of who you're working with and... How nice that is. What is it that people are weird about with the shoes? I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, just whether they're comfortable or not. Oh, okay. Everyone's feet are so different. Like, my, mm. my feet are uh, about nearly two sizes different. Really? To each other, yeah. 
So but I was really excited. I went to I Can Make Shoes for a shoe workshop oh, yeah. about two oh, years ago, you? and I made a pair of shoes that actually fit both my feet. It was so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll stay in theatre or be tempted into film or anything? Uh, well, the only... I've done... So I've done, done the last three series of Sewing Bee, and that's the only TV and film thing I've done. And I do like it. I really like being on set. But it's just, it's quite different to theatre. I like the the real, like, live, there in front of you, hands-on aspect of theatre. Um, and I love being backstage. It's just different. I feel at home in the theatre, I think. In a way, I don't, I don't with TV and film. But I could be tempted, maybe. It was an exciting project. <laughs> <laughs> And on the sewing bee, you're sourcing all of the fabric and haberdashery that then is available for the contestants. Yeah, everything that's in the on-set haberdashery, um, yeah, I find <laughs> for it. It's a, it's a fun job. That's a great job. Yeah. Get sent out with the biggest ever fabric buying budget you can like well, get all of your spending out and it's not on, on your own shoulders I think that's what I enjoy about my job that I can go and buy fabric not with my money <laughs> yeah you get to shop someone else's yeah. <laughs> so when we return to running workshops hopefully in the not too distant future. Um, Fiona is going to be doing a workshop on finding the perfect fabric match for your pattern. And this is something that we've talked about on a few other podcast episodes actually about how difficult it is and it's where a lot of sewists fall down, especially when you're starting out. Um, and it's going to be a class where you can come. Would you want to tell us a little bit about the the whole premise of the class? The idea of it. Yeah. yeah, I just, um, I've had quite a lot of people say to me, either when they're starting out sewing, but also a bit further down the line, you know, oh, oh, I find it really difficult finding the right fabric for my pattern, or I just find it really confusing all the different names of fabrics, I don't really know what I'm looking for, um, and it is a really hard thing to learn, I think it was the hardest thing I learned for doing my job, because you can't, sort of just sit down with a book and learn it you need to touch the fabrics and play around with them um so I just thought it'd be a really great hands-on way to learn um and to have a play around with fabric really I don't necessarily think you can make the wrong choice with fabric for a pattern it's quite a personal thing I think there are obviously fabrics that won't work but you can get really creative with it. And when you're choosing a pattern, you can think about what the fabric is going to do to that style. So different fabrics can create a totally different look. I was thinking about it uh, when I was making the closet case patterns. Chilo, is that how you say it? Top? That's part know, of actually. their Rome collection. I, yeah. I don't really know if that's how you say it. But um, you can make that up in a really drapey viscose and it will flow beautifully, um, sort of hang from the body really nicely. Um, but I made the top in a linen and it kind of had a much boxier silhouette, which was really interesting. Um, and then it's also got big option for a big gathered sleeve. And, you know, you could make that in a kind of organza or something that's got real body and bounce and it would completely transform the pattern. Um, but it's quite hard when you're starting out even if you're looking at fabrics in person, to envision what it's going to look like made up into the garment. And I know a lot of people go, you know, oh, great, I'm going to go down to Gold Hawk Road and buy some fabric. And walking into one of those fabric shops when you don't really know anything about fabric is so overwhelming. <laughs> There's so much fabric in there and none of it's labelled up um, yeah. as to what it is. But in a way, knowing the name of the fabric isn't that important. It's kind of about what it feels like, what it moves like, how it's going to sit on the body. So it's quite important to get your hands on it. Um, I do fabric shop online. And I, I think that can be 
good because you can get quite a lot of information about the fabric but also it's quite hard to imagine what it's going to feel like and how it's going to behave um so getting to grips with knowing weights of fabric weaves of fabric names of fabric and what they kind of feel like to touch and what generally what garments they're best suited to I think is something really great to learn feel like I want to do the course as well <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> since well, opening like the fabric <laughs> I mean we've learned so much about fabric this past year since we've been selling fabric but looking back at how much I we bet. knew it this like a year ago it's like nothing compared to now like you do learn it quickly but there's just so many different like names and technical terms and stuff yeah. and sometimes you're writing a description and you're like wait a minute most people won't actually know what this word is it's just because I've been like learning yeah. about fabric for a year that I do and it's quite hard to like write it in a way that people will understand yeah I can imagine and I imagine with you guys the way you get your fabric it must be so confusing sometimes. Yeah. You must, sometimes you must be looking at things going, what even is this? Yeah, because most you, of the time. <laughs> you get, but you get some really unusual stuff um, yeah. come through. So quite hard to come by. I wouldn't know how to describe some of the things you get, I don't think. Yeah, Neither like, do we. <laughs> no, we don't. I think Ellie, you do a really who good works. job of it. Well, a lot of it now is Ellie who works for us. I think she knows a lot more about fabric than us. Oh, yeah, she's been teaching us. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially with silks, there's so many different weaves and words for different textures of silk. Um, yeah. It's a real minefield. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I think it's useful to learn the names and weaves and things for when you're shopping online to give you a vague idea about what to expect when it arrives. But I've definitely ordered things online where I've been like, oh, that's that, that, that blend of fibers and that weave and then it's turned up and I've been like what this is not what I expected (laughs) but it is it is that it's just like a different thickness of fiber or something totally transforms the whole thing um yeah understanding the weights as well like I that's still something that I find really hard to visualize it if I don't have something that I know I made in like a 10 ounce denim and then I've often got that little the little conversion chart up online between grams and ounces if you're buying it from different stores they use the different terms and I still find that really confusing I have to say it is hard I think when I started sewing I had no idea I remember I made some jeans in like a 14 ounce denim and they were like like you, you can't really bend, your like knee, bend down in them. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so stiff. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've I've often found myself like looking back at a fabric I'd ordered before online to see what the weight is described as, and then looking at it in my cupboard and going, "Is that what I want for yeah. my next project?" I'm not really quite sure. Um, yeah, weights are really confusing. I found that um, when I was making the scrubs. Um, a couple of months ago, I was probably started doing those. Or maybe it was three months ago. Lockdown's been going on forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw, like, in the kind of Facebook groups of people organising it, so many people really confused about what fabric they were supposed to be ordering. You know, it was supposed to be a polycotton. Um, but there were loads of different weights available from places people were buying them. And everyone was so confused about, you know, should it be 110 GSM or is that going to be see-through, you know? And is 200 GSM just too thick and bulky? Is it too hot? No one really. It's really hard to envision what you're going to end up getting. And also people were getting really confused. Things were listed as like polycotton 80-20, which refers to how much polyester and how much cotton is in the blend but people were saying you know is that going to be the right weight and I'm like that's not the weight that's the (laughs) blend you know but it's really confusing my worst habit with sewing I think is starting something and then after like I'm maybe a third of the way through I'm just like Oh, this isn't going how I thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Rosie can attest to this, right? Do yes. this very frequently. <laughs> and she says it's because in my head, I imagine every garment I start is going to, this is going to be the best thing I've ever made. And then as soon as it starts to not be like that, I just lose interest with it completely. I'm just like, ugh, I hate it now. It's not amazing. But I think a lot of the time that is down to fabric choice. Really? I don't think about how that fabric is going to 
perform or function in that garment and then I'll start making it and I'll be like oh actually this isn't that great yeah I think a lot of people get sucked into the color or the print you know and go oh this print's perfect for this dress and then it's like it's actually the wrong fabric it's not going to behave the way you want it to yeah you just get sucked in by a fabric I'm so like I've got such a determined streak in me though and I start a project and I'm like I'm finishing this project <laughs> like I don't I don't give up on a project and I, even if I'm halfway through going this really isn't working I'm like, I, f- I finish it anyway and then I'm like we well, just wasted like two hours of your life finishing this one that you hate but <laughs> I think that's a better way to be because it's quite disheartening to like see a little stack of half-finished projects yeah in the corner <laughs> of the really studio d- like weighing on your shoulder yeah they weigh me down those that little pile <laughs> yeah maybe i like to think maybe i learn something from finishing projects but we'll see definitely <laughs> but even now i still make some bad fabric choices even though like that's my job and i know a lot about fabric it's just it's trial and error sometimes really i think mm. one thing i think you said that maybe people are going to make in the workshop or something was like a little swatch book oh yeah with like different weights and stuff that sounds so good that's what I think we need in the studio as well like different yeah. types of silks and yeah. yeah I've always thought it'd be so useful to have just like a little pack at home that was labeled up as this weighs this much this weighs this much this weighs this much so when you're shopping online you can be like oh uh oh I'll look at my little sample book and yeah. it's gonna feel like sort of that thickness um yeah. and you can imagine it better rather than sitting in front of a screen and it's really hard to envision from a picture, yeah. even if there's a good variety of pictures of, you know, um, showing the kind of drape of the fabric, you know, um, it's quite tricky. That's something that Ellie, who works for us, said that they had at my sand. She used to work there and she said they would have like swatch books for all different types of silks and wools, whatever. So when they were listing stuff, they could refer to that and make sure they were getting it right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the they label things right. up really well in my sense. Yeah. 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 They're quite um, detailed about what the fabric content is and all of that, which yeah. is helpful. It's helpful to know that when you're looking after your garments as well, because I think that's a really important thing. There's no point putting all this time into making really beautiful handmade clothes if then you're not going to look after it properly and it's going to fall apart. Mm. Mm. that's something we actually get a lot of questions about actually should I be pre-washing this and like how should I wash it yeah and it is hard sometimes with dead stock because you can't be 100% sure of the fibre um so we just uh, on the side of caution yeah definitely (laughs) dry dry clean only (laughs) yeah but then no one will buy it that's (laughs) that's the thing to be honest i do not want to dry clean any of my clothes so it just i've only dry cleaned one coat once have you (laughs) yeah Yeah, i never dry clean anything and maybe like a really special sort of occasion dress you know uh but otherwise if it doesn't go in the washing machine i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna have it so I pre-wash all my fabric in the washing machine just to see what happens to I it, basically. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Even Marie, like wool, if I have like you know, oh, the yeah, merino wool, the merino wool they, they go in the, the fabric machine. store. Yeah, I put everything. They come in out now. really nice though. Yeah, if I you think do they it on do a soften 30, up and, Yeah. Um, but even like silks, viscose, I, it all goes I'm in machine there. Wash silk. Yeah. yeah, it all goes in there on a on a gentle cycle. But if you've pre-washed it at whatever temperature you're going to eventually wash it at, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Do costumes for theatre get, like, washed so much? Or are some really delicate that they're just like, it's just going to be... Yeah, it depends what it is. Um, Obviously, like, if you had a sort of Edwardian dress, it's got loads of beading on it or whatever, or just any Edwardian dress, really, they'd all have to be dry-cleaned. Um, so there's, every there's specialist dry cleaners who just do like theatrical dry cleaning, who do like quick Ooh. turnarounds for you. So they'll pick it up first thing in the morning and bring it back like before the evening show or yeah. try and do it sort of on a day you're closed or um, things like that. Um, it's not it's not every show at all. I mean, some costumes smell really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, 
but yeah, they'll get washed, they'll get dry cleaned on a fairly regular basis. But we also do things like people will wear undergarments that, you know, cover their underarms and stuff. So they sweat mm. into those and then those get washed, um, which keeps the costume on top fresher. There's a lot of little tricks like that. But it is something you have to bear in mind when you're choosing fabrics for theatre. It's got to be really hard wearing as well, because obviously it gets worn, you know, seven, eight times a week. And it can be worn for, you know, years. You probably all know that we are huge fans of faff machines. We use them in all of our workshops and when we're sewing at home on our boats. So what do we love most about them? They're super smooth to sew on with a sleek design and their iconic IDT system, essentially a built-in walking foot, makes handling all types of fabric a dream. We honestly couldn't sew what we do without them. Get in touch with us if you fancy a machine upgrade or if you'd like to know more about any of the models. How true to the original, like, say you're doing a period um, show. Yeah. Would you then, would you use something like a pol- like a polyester or something like that? Or do you try and uh, stick true to the original? Because then I imagine, like, price goes up and yeah. also maybe they're less comfortable or heavier, so they're not as yeah. nice to wear on stage. I was going to say it depends on the budget very much (laughs) it's everyone would love to do it all like completely historically accurately and some designers do want that um and they'll want everything to be made as it was depends on the production very much um the style of the production but generally we go on what it looks like on stage um rather than what the fabric is I think that's more important and how it's going to wear and whether it's strong and sturdy or not is more important. Yeah. yeah. We get fabric from everywhere. You know, on The King and I, we spent I spent a lot of time out in Southall buying, you know, like saris and things like that that we'd use to make, turn into sort of robes and things. Because mm. um, they've got such beautiful embellishments on them and borders, so you could cut the border off and apply it to something else. I think that's what I really enjoyed about that show. It was really creative. Because even though the supervisor's an organisational role, you still get to have, like, a really big input on the creative side of it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's really fun. It's nice. I'm going to have to Google pictures of that show's costumes yeah oh god it's so beautiful so beautiful we're gonna have a better look yeah (laughs) so beautiful i think um it's designed by Catherine zuber who's an american designer because it was on in new york before it came here um but all the costumes are made new for here um i think she's won quite a few awards for it it's a good one Yeah. What happens when like the actors change in a production because they don't always stay the whole time? Yeah. Um generally they'll get a whole new costume. Um if it's a sort of modern day show that's easier because you can go and buy hopefully if it's still in the shops if not something <laughs> close. Um and if it's made obviously that costs money but generally it will get remade. Or if it's only been a short run to begin with um things will be altered for somebody else to save on wasting stuff i hate wasting things <laughs> mm. i'm always really stingy with how much fabric i buy for the makers like that i'll be like how much fabric do you want for that and they'll tell me and i'm like no nah, you don't need that much. <laughs> <laughs> like damn that fiona don't waste the fabric <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd Trying be buying extra and like cutting some off for myself. <laughs> Take oh, it it's tempting. I mean, the hardest thing about the job is going into all these beautiful shops like Cloth House and just trying to resist buying stuff for yourself. <laughs> I have to put like real blinkers on, but normally you've got such a big shopping list for the show, it's really hard to think about anything else. Mm. So it's, it's easier not to get distracted. But yeah, I try really hard not to spend my entire fee on fabric. During the course of the show, fabric for myself. How big is your stash then? It's actually not very big because I hate wasting stuff. I mean, it's a kind of, it's like a big basket. 
it's hard to describe how big it is. But it's not a like a big... That doesn't sound yeah. too big. Yeah. It's sort of like the size of... I sort of use it as a end table kind of thing. So it's that height of basket. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's in there and there's a few bits that don't fit in there anymore. <laughs> that sounds all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think anything straight. that's like one unit full. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's okay. yeah. It's, it's not very big. It's not very big. I try really hard not to buy fabric without a project in mind for it. I normally start with the pattern and then get the fabric. Um, so most of the fabric in my stash, I know what I want to make it into. I just am overly optimistic about how much time I have to turn it into stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so for the matching, like if you're starting out, because I think quite a lot of our listeners are newish on their sewing journey especially after lockdown i think quite a few people have well we all sewing businesses would say how busy they've been over lockdown and the waiting list for sewing machines for like months it's so brilliant one of the things i love about sewing the most is how good it is for your mental health like Mm. it's so great to make stuff with your hands um yeah you just get into like a really nice zone when i'm sewing i love it it's really nice Mm. um I wonder if they'll have people actually on the sewing bee this next year who just start who started sewing this lockdown. Oh, I wonder. I don't know. Yeah. Someone really new. Maybe. Who has who is naturally very talented at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask, are there any like general rules you can follow when picking fabric for different projects? Um, or any tips you have? I think about what you want the final garment to look like and what it is you want from the garment in the end. So whether you want it to waft around you, you want something then that moves beautifully, probably isn't too heavy. Um, But obviously if you want more structure, you want something a little bit heavier, a fibre which is going to give a crisper finish. Um which obviously is really tricky when you don't know your fabric, so maybe that's not that useful a tip. But I think that's that's what you should think if you're in a fabric shop. Don't be afraid to, you know, unroll it and waft it around a bit and see if it does what you want it to do. Um, Yeah, and also I found when I started out, which really helpful to have a look at the clothes you've already got in your cupboard and think about what they're made out of, but not necessarily exactly what fibre they are or anything, but just what the properties of that fabric are, whether it's thick or thin, whether it moves about lovely or not, and whether it's breathable, what is it you like about those clothes? Um, and then see if you can find something similar in the shops, I guess. You could also do that, I suppose, looking at clothes online, see what they're made of. Mm. If you like, and if also you're... like buying fabric online. We encourage people to like get in touch with us and ask for a video of it moving if they want, like... Oh, that's check. great. That's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, because you can show it loads more in a video than we're able to upload in photos. Yeah. And I think a lot of online stores are happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when a lot of people are starting out, I think prints are really tricky when you're starting out sewing. <laughs> I think so many people, I definitely did it, get sucked into seeing a print on a bolt of fabric and being like, oh, that's yeah. so beautiful. And then you make it into a garment and you're like, I actually don't want to wear this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you love the print as a piece of art, but actually as a piece of clothing, is that what you really want? It's yeah. I have this in the shop now. Like, we'll be we'll have a little pile of stuff that's going on sale that day and I start to feel panicky. I'm like, but I love these fabrics. Do I really you? want that fabric. Yeah. There's some going up tonight. The um, Some really, like, amazing jacquards. Yeah. You know those woven ones, where it, the yeah. rose prints? Yeah. And they're so pretty and I'm like, I love it. But I think I actually love the fabric and I can't think of what garment to make. Yeah. And, I, and now I'm like, no, this is ridiculous, Hannah. You own a fabric shop you can't be like constantly thinking like Hoarding. what do I love what can I hoard two meters away from yeah because <laughs> it just doesn't work and I think it is what you just said like it's the fabric I like not the thought of it in a specific yeah. garment necessarily I think it's it that's a good rule to shop by 
like if you just like the fabric but you can't you can't think of what you might turn it into you don't have to think of the exact pattern you want to use or anything but if you can't envision it as something then it's probably not going to be a good purchase you know you've got to have a kind of i try to go with my gut feeling with fabric what's going to work or not it's It's the classic mistake the print thing as well when you start sewing it's not a mistake but it's a route people go down where they sew everything you think oh if i'm going to spend my time working on this for hours then I want to like have something amazing and special. Yeah. And then you just end up with a wardrobe full of prints. Yeah. And nothing you actually really when need actually, to wear or if can't you wear together. At your ready to wear wardrobe. There's probably I mean you might be someone who yeah. really loves print, but me, my actual well, most of my wardrobe is handmade now. But <laughs> when I started out sewing, I wore a lot of plain colours, mainly black to be honest, which I think is something that comes from working in theatre. <laughs> And now I wear a lot more colour. Um, Yeah. Yeah, fabric's a minefield. I have so many interesting conversations with designers about fabric. Um, You know, because they can hand you a costume drawing and sometimes it's quite tricky to tell exactly what they want that to look like in reality. Um, So you have to kind of sample a huge variety of fabrics kind of get down to the nitty-gritty of what exactly it is they want um yeah it's a tricky one but luckily at work I've I've been able to learn so quickly well it feels like actually it's taken ages but (laughs) I was really lucky in that I was working with loads of costume makers and designers who had their own thoughts and opinions on fabric so I've seen a lot of fabric and that really helps I'd definitely recommend getting out there to a fabric shop um, and having a good old rummage around. Um, Even if it feels quite overwhelming and you don't even buy the thing, it's just useful to touch fabric and get used to what it feels like. Definitely, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I will constantly be learning more and more about different fabrics. And also, I think I'd find it really useful to know about how they're made yeah i find that really interesting like with the you were talking about the silks earlier and all the different ways silk is woven yeah and I knew a little bit about how they are processed to have those different finishes and that would also help my understanding yeah um of the different types yeah definitely and the different properties they have yeah definitely yeah i think if you understand how something is made yeah it definitely gives you a better knowledge like with clothes sewing i guess yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, you get a better idea of all the different possibilities the more you do it. We've been asking all of our guests what the last thing they sewed was. Other than a face covering, because everyone has been saying that. Oh. Um, well, apart from the jeans I started this morning, I'm wearing the last thing I made. Ah, it's, I a Blanca, yeah, it's a Blanca flight suit from oh. Closet Case Patterns. It's so great. I love it very much already. That's on my to-sew list. Mm. What, what type of fabric is that? Linen. It's one of the fabric really store nice. linens. I think it's one of their vintage finish ones, which are quite new. Which um, of their weights is that? I think this is a kind of mid-weight. I want to say it's about 180 TSM, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no idea what that is about. But it's not one of their heavyweight ones. They basically have their kind of regular weight and then their heavier weight. Um yeah, it's really nice, sort of made up in a softer fabric, I think. Especially the summer. Yeah, really wearable. But yeah, because I've had loads of time to sew, I've been sewing things that have a lot of fiddly details and stuff because I've got time to do it. And this How is... long did that take? Uh, I made it last week, but I kept doing like a couple of hours a day on it. So... Such a nice way to sew. four days. Yeah, it was really nice to not be hurried, to just, like, Mm. sew just Mm. because I wanted to sew and not because I was trying to get something finished. I'm You know what I'm terrible at? I'm terrible at 
something coming up, some event or something. I mean, obviously not at the minute, but, um, and then going, <laughs> I'm going to make this thing to wear to that. And it's like three days away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I just end up really stressed out trying to finish this garment, even though I've probably got 20 other things in my wardrobe that I could wear. <laughs> we do that for all of our parties. We end up sewing the outfits on the day. Loads <laughs> yeah. of the people who come you to say that as well. great things to your parties, though. I mean, they're normally a mess. <laughs> really? So last minute. I do remember, Rosie, you wearing... Um, the trousers from the named book. Yes. I love and those trousers. And the piece of fabric tied with around the, you. With this top. Was, was that what it was? It was literally, was a, yeah, it was a bit of fabric. You were like, I, I don't know, know what I'm going to wear with this as a top. And then you were like, uh, okay, just put this round here and done. And then you kept all night, you were like, Hannah, can you retie me? <laughs> retie it tight. That's a fantastic story. You would never have guessed that. <laughs> but yeah, I love that trouser pattern. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. That whole book's really good. I keep meaning to make it, but I just don't really have a occasion to wear them to. So <laughs> post lockdown. Yeah, post lockdown. I did make a party dress last week. God knows why. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a party Aww. when it's all over. You can wear it to that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just get really dressed up one evening here in the flat, just for <laughs> cocktail hour. <laughs> cocktail hour in the flat. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight. And the other thing that we always ask guests is, what does sewing mean to you? Oh, I totally forgot you asked these questions. I remembered <laughs> and um, thought up a good answer. I think it just means uh, happiness, really, to me. It just it's my it's my happy place. I think I said that earlier, but I love sitting down at my sewing machine and just being not interrupted. And just sewing and going into my own little world. Um, it's nice to distract yourself from anything going on um, and sit there. And then at the end, have something that you've made that you feel really proud of. Yeah. Like a bonus at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Can't wait to actually do the workshop, see you in Me person. Neither. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. Yeah. We'll both be there in the corner. With Taking notes. notes. <laughs> Making notes. <laughs> oh, no, don't put too much pressure on <laughs> Cutting little swatches from our own fabric shop. <laughs> yeah, to make yourself a little pack. No, we'll be there readjusting all of our listings. Yeah, <laughs> that's wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to learn yeah. well thank you so much thank you for and we will have class dates up hopefully as soon as we are planning for workshop skin in the future who knows when who knows when it'll be yeah tbc <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bye bye, bye.